1: And the framework can be a way of thinking about a problem and a way of finding clarity without telling them the answer. And it's the essence of coaching, really, as a, as a, as a professional coach. Your role is absolutely not to provide an opinion, to provide advice. That's, that's a different role. Somebody else might be doing that. Your role is to create a space within which people can figure out what's, what's right for them. So it's the art of a good question. You know, I think I've spent my career since medical school mainly asking a lot of questions more than necessarily having all the answers.
0: How you day how you day that was the voice of Dr. Gary Crotaz. and fascinating discussion really loved getting into his mind he's someone who had a varied career as you hear in the intro and we talked about his his book right you know and, and his book develops on what he calls the IDEA mindset. That's I-D-E-A as an acronym. And it's a path for you to find your identity and direction for a future of engagement and authenticity. Identity is I, direction is D, engagement is E, and authenticity is A. It's very, very fascinating, like I said earlier, because it's, it's one of those type of discussions where you realize that a lot of life is about observing yourself and then observing how the world is reacting to you and then reacting based on the pieces of information you have. So I'm hoping that as you listen to this podcast and you get his book, please get his book, you start to really develop that sense of awareness that is so necessary for you to chart your own path to purpose. All right. Hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome everyone to another episode of as told by nomads and today I have with me a fellow polymath for those that don't know what a polymath is a polymath is someone that you know studies various different fields, basically to the same level. And Gary is an expert in career change. His varied career has encompassed the medicine field, science field, the strategy consultant field, the senior corporate leadership field. Now he's about to add author to that field. He's trained as a doctor and has been a world-class professional ballroom dancer, Haven't worked in universities as a tutor, and even had a short stint as a hospital DJ. Polymath. To the highest degree. So he he's uh he's a regular winner of the most eclectic CV curriculum vitae or resume for Americans. And uh, these days he's an executive coach and a uh, Gallup certified strengths coach. His new book, The Idea Mindset, is one to unlock your mindset as you're thinking about your purpose, your life, and your passion. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be here.
0: Bless just mind, first of all, just because I'm so curious, what did you want to be when you were young?
1: Well, when I was when I was at school, when I was 17, doing my to my exams, uh, I thought I wanted to be a doctor. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So in the UK, when you're training as a doctor, you go straight to medical school. So from school 18, you go to medical school, um, whereas in the US, I think you do another degree and then you do medical school as a, as a second thing. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I I went through. I mean, medical training is at least five years. And for me, it was eight years because I did a, a PhD on the way through as well. Um, and I was 27. I was 27. Uh, when I suddenly thought, hang on, I actually can choose my career. Like you're, you're on a kind of treadmill in medical school where each year you progress on, progress on, progress on, and everybody around you is on that same path. And I was 27. And I thought, you know, I don't have to do this career if it's not something that I really love. And I found it a really interesting thing to do, but I didn't, I just didn't feel this passion for it. And I didn't feel like it was what I wanted to do with the next 40 years of my life. So it was at that stage that I started thinking, well, what else is there out there? If you've been at medical school, if you're trained in medicine, in surgery, in science, what else can you do? And then I found business, but I, I had no background, no training, no development in in business, but I just realized that I found the way you think in business for me more interesting, more of a fit. So I kind of found myself, I think, in my late twenties. That was the beginning of that journey of of deciding really to follow something that I really loved myself and that connected with who I was. Um, at seventeen, I don't think you really know yourself. And I often say to people, I kind of like the American system where you're a little bit older before you yeah. decide that you want to be a doctor. It's such a big decision um so so yeah that's where i was
0: it, it, it's so fascinating to me to hear that so i because i'm nigerian we obviously had a lot of british influence and so w- my dad was a diplomat we moved around a lot and i remember i did my high school in nigeria and you know it was always i took the cambridge exams because they was always <laughs> like preparing me for either united states or the uk ultimately i went to the, to the united states but the uk path was that you really had to know what you want early on. And if you were going to do that, this is what you're going to spend the next three to four years on. And then that, that was that. And even when I came to America, I remember my dad telling me, you know, I think you should go into law and my mom wanted me to be <laughs> a doctor and the, the typical stereotypical thing with, with a lot of Nigerian parents is doctor, lawyer, engineer, or failure. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I found myself, I was just stuck. Cause I, before I, you know, I ultimately decided on business, I just had all these ideas. I originally wanted to be a basketball player when I was younger, but I felt ashamed to say that as I got older because you know it wasn't even considered a serious option in their mind. Because again, failure. And I was listening to you talk just now, and, and I wonder how many kids have hidden passions because of what they think they're supposed to do.
1: I think that I think that's that's a really great question. And I think people are starting now. More in the UK, you're starting to see more of these kind of liberal arts type education where the university education is really setting you up for life, but not so much sending you down a very narrow path. And I think yeah. that's been more the case in the US for, for a longer period of time. Yeah. But, you know, um, one, one of my nephews um, was thinking about what he wanted to do at university. And I said, what do you want to study? And he was about 17 at the time. And he said oceanography. And I went, well, that's quite specific. Um, But, you know, who am I to know what's right or wrong? And I said, what does someone who's got a degree in oceanography do? And he went, oh, I don't know the answer to that question. And then he went and asked. And the answer to the question was, there aren't many oceanography jobs in the UK. So you mainly end up teaching oceanography at university to other students who are studying oceanography. And he went, ah, that's not what I thought it was at all and he ended up studying civil engineering so you know it's it's funny when you' when you're when you're young you think that you know it all you think you know yourself but but you don't I mean I thought in my late 20s I knew myself and then in my late 30s I thought I didn't and in my 40s I definitely didn't so yeah
0: it's yeah. A, it, it, you know life is fluid right the yeah. idea of understanding who you are honestly I always say it's a fluid concept and if you think yeah. it's fixed you get into trouble
1: right right ah. and and i think and we'll come on to talk about this with 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 books but there's an awful lot of self help books out there that tell you a formula and they say here's a formula follow my formula and you like me will be supremely successful and of course one one person's formula is not right for somebody else but two yeah. the formula that might be right for you right now could not be right for you at a different time in a different way so th- when when i was sitting thinking i want to write a book to help people think about their future path I wanted it to be really the opposite of a formula book and more a set of tools to help you to think about and to figure out what was right for you. But the path that people take on that journey to figure out what's right for them can be very different depending on who they are, where they're coming from, you know, where they're looking to to go. And I, I find that a lot with people that I work with.
0: Yeah, no, that that's brilliant. And, and it's so true, though, because as a writer myself when i I remember the first book i wrote the first book i wrote user difference to make a difference i was i i think in frameworks I, Mm -hmm. i do this as a professor as well but i was very careful to prevent to present it as a framework as opposed to just like the end all be all and i always feel like it's important if you study something you've come up with a framework to allow for flexibility for people to invite themselves into that dialogue so that people can Say, okay, well, I'm not on that part, but this is my experience. Let me see how I can translate that experience into something. And it, 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 you know, I don't know that everybody agrees with that, but I, I've always thought that it might be better that way so that people can really concoct their own curriculum within your framework. I so, think that's exactly right. You think yeah. of it as like freedom within that
1: framework, and the framework can be a way of thinking about a problem and a way of finding clarity Without telling them the answer, and it's the essence of coaching. Really, as a as a as a professional coach, your role is absolutely not to provide an opinion, to provide advice. That's that's a different role. Somebody else might be doing that. Your yeah. role is to create a space within which people can figure out what's what's right for them. So it's the art of a good question. You know, yes. I think I've spent my career since medical school mainly asking a lot of questions, more than necessarily having all the answers.
0: That's one hundred percent. It's the same thing that I've done. I I I think. <laughs> the more you ask questions, the better a person you can be and the better society can be. Uh, and, and I really am a champion of uh, critical thinking. And it's a mm-hmm. frustration of mine, though, mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, I, I'm in the field of basic, it's, I, I definitely, in my field, there's a lot of controversy, right? You know, I'm in always in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so I'm, the likelihood of me being in a room with someone that has a different idea from me or someone that might not even like me because of, of where I'm from is always high. But I always find that something missing there is critical thinking, right? They've programmed or they've internalized a program that they thought of without critically thinking through, wait, do I believe this? Why do I believe this? How did I come to believe this? Like all these important questions that they're supposed to ask themselves that I'm sure if they did, they might find some cracks into that mindset. So I think that's that's absolutely right. And
1: one of the first things that I think is very helpful to do, so I do this with all of my private coaching clients but i also suggest it suggested yeah. the beginning of the idea mindset book in in, in the first week of, of work that you're doing it's a it's a it's a self-reflective journey it's a book of exercises and, and a path to go on yeah um, is to to do some work to discover your natural talents and strengths and there's a really key principle there which is that we're all different from one another and that's okay yeah. um, and when i t- i talk to so many Uh, of my coaches that I work with, uh, and I say to them, you know, let's understand you at your best. So It might be, I'm a really hard worker, or I'm a idea generator, or I'm a great communicator. What frustrates you? Well, when other people don't work as hard as me, when other people aren't so good at telling the story as I am, well, would you expect them to be the same as you?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Oh, that's a good question. You know, maybe, maybe they've got different talents and strengths, and that's okay. So letting go of that idea that other people think like you, should think like you, should act like you, really actually helps people navigate through life. So part of the foundation of finding you know, how I describe your idea mindset, it's not rocket science, but that a foundation of how you find it is to understand yourself at a better level and understand what you bring uniquely, you know, in, into the room.
0: 100%. Well, let's get into that then. Let's get into your idea mindset and Please make sure you get the book. I'll make sure we'll put the the link to the book in the show notes. But what was the path for you to discovering the idea mindset? And what can you share with the audience in terms of that mindset? So idea in the idea mindset is an acronym. And it
1: stands for identity, direction, engagement, and authenticity. So what it really means is understanding who you are, what your values are, what your talents and strengths are, how people perceive you and understanding something about where you're going, maybe something about the long term plan, but probably more about how do you make decisions when you're faced with a choice in front of you today, for a future that you love, that's your engagement, and that connects deeply with your values and your purpose, that's your authenticity. And so many people go through life, and and I've had times in my own life when I've been doing this, where you're doing the thing that you're doing, and you're not particularly thinking about, do I really love what I'm doing, am I doing the right things, you're just doing the thing that you were doing last week, or last month, or last year, and so I'm inviting people, particularly at this point of change, you know, we're in the pandemic, we're coming through in this great resignation, so many people are reevaluating what's really important to them, and so the book and the journey is inviting you to really step back and think, for me, what matters, is it, you know, uh, striving forward for a job where I can earn an awful lot of money, is it, traveling the world is it being able to get home on time every day and pick up my kids from school you know what is it and and the answer can be any of those things so I have coaches where they would describe their vision as being a great mum to their son somebody else would say you know li- I literally I have a client whose vision is to be the first person from her country to win an oscar and it's like actually you can you can go through the same process whether e- either of those visions it's about you then understanding what you the path you need to go on Mm -hmm. and the book comes from two places really in my own journey so the first is in my in my work life uh, I spent many years as a as a strategist as a consultant and then working for a couple of major retailers in in the UK um, in in strategy and and corporate growth so I spent a lot of time working with companies and individuals on who are you what makes you distinct what makes you different where are you going how are you going to get there what's the plan who's going to do it, by when, all that stuff. So the logic and structure of that flow helps you to build a plan that is is not only clear, but actually robust. You can deliver it, it will happen, it'll achieve the goals you want. Around that, is really what I took from from my career as a professional ballroom dancer. So I've been ballroom dancing since the age of four. I was one of those cute little kids with a white (laughs) shirt and a black bow tie, uh, growing up doing that. Um, And I came back into dancing. I'd given it up for a few years and I came back in my late twenties, not expecting to do much more with it, but um, my dancing partner and I ended up getting married. We danced for 10 years together. We traveled to Italy every month to train with the top dancers in the world. And we traveled right around the world to the US, to Russia, to Albania or interesting places to, to train and compete. And really there, you know, I was pursuing a passion. I was pursuing something that was deeply important to me and there is no real fame or money that comes through ballroom dancing. You know, I, th- I think in our 10 year career, our entire winnings were probably less than a thousand pounds. Oh, you know, wow. So, it's like
0: wow. genuinely
1: there is no money in it. Um, but it costs you tens of thousands to run a partnership for the travel competitions, outfits, dresses, tail suit, all this kind of stuff. Um, And I realized when we came out of that, and I talk about this in the book, there are so many things that I took from there into my day job, because when you're in a place where the only reason you're doing it is because you deeply care about it, you make different choices. So we thought there was a time when we were training in the UK um, in in our dance studio, and we looked at you know what other people were doing across Europe, and we thought it's really great, but they must have sponsorship, government funding, something that's enabling them to do that. There is no way that we could afford to do that. And then we started to do the occasional sort of trip out to Europe on you know some low cost flight or something, and we started to meet some of these couples, and they were from places like Romania or Moldova, or there was a particular couple I mentioned in the book where she was a student he was a welder um, and they couldn't afford flights to fly to the competitions across Europe so they drove their rickety old car from Amsterdam to Prague to do the competition on Friday night on Saturday night having done the competition they drove from Prague to Paris and did another competition on Sunday and on Sunday night they drove overnight from Paris to Amsterdam and he was back at his job welding uh, on Monday morning at 9am and we sat there and went so we, we were telling ourselves that it was impossible. And yet when we went to meet these other couples who were from com- countries you know, where they had no funding, no support, you know, much more difficult lifestyles than we did, and they were making it happen. And I was like, ah, oh, the difference is us. It's not means, it's the choices we make, the compromises we're happy to make. So one of the things that I write in the book is only you will change your life. So you know, it's about accountability and ownership. The book helps you to work out, to figure out what is the direction you want to go in? What team do you need around you? What steps do you need to take? What's it going to feel like emotionally to go on that journey? What might trip you up and how might you mitigate? All that kind of stuff. You know, how do you build your mental resilience? How do you build your physical conditioning to to be able to set yourself up for making it happen? But in the end, it's about you. So, you know, it comes back to this. If it was a formula book, then it feels like it's about me. It's like... I've designed this amazing formula. All you need to do is eat what I have for breakfast and meditate the number of hours I meditate and listen to my audiobook, and <laughs> your life will change. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, it's completely wrong. Like, please do not try and live your life the way I live my life. Live the, your life the way that is absolutely right for you. And only you can write what that is. So in the book, there's spaces for you to write. And I say, write it in pencil because you're going to rub it out and you're going to change it because the more time you spend thinking about, well, what mm. is important for me? And what exact words would I use to describe it? You know, for example, there's a question in the book, is legacy important to you? And for some people, they'll go, yeah, actually, legacy is really important to me. And other people will say, no, it's not. It's not a thing for me. Legacy is not important. If legacy is important, in what way? And some people, legacy might be writing a book building a company somebody else might be their kids and bringing up their kids with good values and this kind of thing so the answer can be different for everybody but it's about you finding the journey that's right for you so
0: well i've got a question for you then because that was so beautifully said gary is legacy important to you it's a great question it is Um, your
1: question (laughs) yeah and 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 this is the point of you know your your thinking evolves over time yeah. i think if you'd asked me that five years ago when i was in a normal corporate job working in a retail business um you know my wife and i don't have kids we do have two little fluffy dogs uh, we don't have kids i probably would have said for me no not really uh, legacy is not important um i think having a having a stable future is important and 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 being sort of sensible with the way we live life but but enjoying every day is important I, th- I think now with coaching and with writing the book, I would say legacies become a bit more important. So I like the idea of lots of people having a copy of this book on the shelf, not right. to make money for me. I don't, I don't feel that's a drive. I, I feel that I want to, I, I feel like there's something in this book that can help people. And I think all the way through my career, there has been this sort of strand of wanting to make a difference for one person or many people, whether that's,
0: What are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.
1: Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step by step guidance to suggested plugins. Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Doctor or working in in business or, you know, uh, when you're dancing, you're thinking about for yourself, but you also think about the audience because you move people, you know, if if you're good, then you can move people with your performance. Um, So I do think now, I, I like the idea that, you know someone in australia can pick up a copy of the book and read it and it can make a difference for them and i hope that there's something in the book that that does that for people
0: so yeah i, I think it's big be- it's become more important over yeah time. yeah it, yeah and i love that you you answered it that way because it sounds like it's it's a personal journey for you it's a personal thing for you and i if i was to answer that question it's 100 uh important to me i've always thought about legacy since i was a kid even before i knew what legacy was i'm, I'm the oldest of three I grew up in, uh, in Nigeria amongst the five countries I grew up. But when I first grew up, we were under uh, several, a couple of military dictatorships. Right. And one of the things that was always drummed into me, especially if you're the oldest, is your your youngest brother is watching. Everyone else is watching. And even the idea of what will they think. And I found that I have to define my legacy as opposed to take on the legacy that was being thrust upon me. And and that distinction is so important for people because there's a pressure that comes from trying to live up to someone else's idea of what your legacy should be. And then you determining what you want your legacy to be. And between that distinction, it definitely brought some (laughs) frictions within the family, but I found that that my definition of legacy changed as I discovered myself more. And so- And what was the moment when that became true for you so i had been living in 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 a town in virginia and i I just got into this car accident that nearly took my life away and i was 22 at the time and i had already been struggling with the idea of being in a job i didn't want to be in but you know i'm not a citizen so they gave you a visa so i was like oh you can't complain but i just felt like i could do more i've always written i've always done all these things i'm very expressive you say you follow me on instagram so you can probably see some of my multiple personalities (laughs) and i just felt like i was yeah <laughs> well I felt like I was trapped right I couldn't do it and then all of a sudden this accident happened and I found myself thinking I haven't done anything I said I wanted to do and I I just almost died and I, I replaced that fear of failure with fear of not achieving my potential and you know it was almost like the veil had been lifted off and then I all of a sudden I became more unapologetic I started doing everything that I said I was going to do and I started risking failure more I wasn't afraid of failure anymore and so that was it you know honestly I needed to wake up from that but I hope other people don't have to go through a near death experience <laughs> to get there but that was what that, that happened to me. for me so I
1: I, I started a, a, a project uh, working so I was strategy director for a company called Selfridges Group, which is the owning company that owns Selfridges, the luxury retailer in London, and also Holt Renfrew in Canada and some other luxury retailers. Mm. And I started that job on the 3rd of February, 2020. And I look back to the newspapers and on page 26 of the newspapers on that day was in Wuhan, there's a few cases of this virus coming through and it's probably nothing, don't worry about it. Um, And in week five, week six of the role, we all went home because the shop closed the office closed with covid and all that all that coming through um and i realized i mean I, i i i worked a lot in sort of crisis retail turnaround environments for the last few years and what attracted me to that role was precisely that it wasn't a crisis until five weeks in back to crisis and i was like i'm pleased that i'm here because i've got experience in a crisis so i can be very helpful very useful but I've, I've kind of done my time of the, of the stress and pressure of being in that sort of crisis environment. Um, and I was, I was there on an interim basis. So I, I, f- I finished at the end of September. So I'd done about six months with the team. When I came out, I had this moment where I said, am I going to go and find another role, corporate role in retail, whatever it is, uh, and continue this path? Or am I going to pursue the thing that I know I love doing more than anything else, which is being in conversations with people as a coach, yeah supporting them on that journey. And by the way, I do think that this book that I've had in my head for a long, long time needs at some point to, to come through. And I made this very deliberate decision. And I said, if I was my own coach right now, I'd be saying, what do you love? What connects with the values and purpose? And the answer to that is very clear, which for me is coaching, writing, making a difference in, in, in that way. And then I, so I said, then I have to do it. I have yeah. to pursue that path. Now, Financially, the difference between being a senior executive leader in a global retailer and being an entrepreneurial coach starting out your business is a very, very, very different number. Um, And I'd had experience before where I I did my PhD years and years ago, and I got really stuck in the middle of writing. And I got, you know, you're too far in to stop and you're too far from the end to be able to finish. Um, and, And I thought, if I write this book, then I do not want to do that. So I did two things the first was I created an irreversible commitment by posting on LinkedIn and I I told my network I've decided I'm going to write that book and people liked it people shared it people followed it and in the end 26,000 people saw that post and I was like all oh, right okay I've actually got to write it so then I built a spreadsheet because I've been in corporate strategy so I'm quite good at spreadsheets and I was like it's the 1st of November I do not want to be still writing the first draft of this book beyond christmas so literally how many words do i need to put on paper every day between now and christmas and i'm not going to worry about whether they're good words or not i'm just going to get it done and it was about 1200 words so seven days a week so i sat there and i was just like i don't mind whether they're good words or bad words they bad words they just need to be words and and i i hit my deadline by christmas Um, and about three quarters of that book hit the cutting room floor because i have an excellent editor who said nice idea great concept all the wrong words. Um mm. and then over the course of about seven to eight months, we then uh turned it into the shape that it is now. It's about half the length of, of what I wrote first time out, um, which is much better for the reader. You'll enjoy it much more. Um oh. but it's interesting that that pivot to follow what you really love and you'll never look back. I've never regretted
0: it a moment, you know, trusting myself and pursuing the thing that I was passionate about. And and, and that's the thing right there. You said it trust in yourself that never uh, that you have to learn how to honestly do a lot of people will ask me, you know, as a speaker or, or a consultant, especially when they send me last minute things, right? You know, like, Oh, Hey, can you do this possibly in two weeks? I know you, your schedule is packed. Uh, is there a way you can work on this? We've gotten to a level, if I've assessed the opportunity and I know it's something that I can truly make an impact in, I've actually moved away from being nervous about it. Cause I just always trust my creativity. Even if I don't know what I'm gonna talk about for 45 minutes. And it it never fails. It, will, it might come in the shower, it might be when I'm watching something and then I'm like, oh, that's it. And all of a sudden you, you can understand what's happened there because I feel so in tune with my passion and, and my gift uh, of explaining concept ideas that I, I just need to latch onto a certain thing and then everything else starts to come out from that. Yeah. But yeah. I never would have thought that of myself before that accident though, because I would have said, this is too complex. I'm not even gonna spend time doing it. And that's a different mindset, right? And that's and that's the thing. So
1: people say to me, So, what is this mindset? Because you've gone through this journey, you've done these exercises, you've 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 built some knowledge, you've thought about a lot of things. And I said, the mindset is like, you know, when you follow a recipe, you do all the steps, you put the mix in the bowl, you put the cake in the oven. What comes out at the end doesn't look like the ingredients you put in, doesn't look like the journey of the recipe. It looks like a cake. So the mindset that you come to is a mindset of clarity. So it's clarity of thought, clarity of decision, clarity of action. So, you know who you are, what you're about, why you're doing what you're doing. You know how you make decisions and why you made the decisions the way you did. You know what you're going to do next. And with that clarity, as you're describing, you just go do because you know that it's the right thing to do. You know that you're gonna make it work. And if you don't make it work, you also know you're gonna fix it. Yes. So, you know, I talk a lot to people about two things. One, if you're gonna jump in off the side of the pool, then jump in with both feet. Because if you jump in with only one foot, you're absolutely certain to fall flat on your face. The second thing is to fail forward. So if it doesn't work out and it might not because you don't actually know till you start whether whether it's gonna work out make sure that the next step is a forward one not a backward one so if you've come out of a situation that wasn't right for you then don't go if your next thing doesn't work I need to go back to where I was before say if the next thing doesn't work then I've got to fix that forward and that that's where I was very explicitly when I left medical school I knew that that wasn't the right path for me although I you know I have the deepest respect for people that do want to do that it just wasn't me I knew, I didn't know whether my career in business was going to work. And I didn't know whether I was going to be good at it because I'd literally never done it. I just, I was following a bit of instinct and gut feel and, and trusting my judgment. But if it hadn't worked out, I knew that I had to find the next thing that I was going to do, because what I'd left behind, I'd left behind for good and clear reasons. And that's that clarity of thinking that I think is, is really important to, to find. And that's the journey that you go through.
0: Yes, and speaking of journeys, one of the things you do is you take other people through the journey of becoming a you know certified idea mm-hmm. mindset coach. Can you talk about that as well. So
1: it's very interesting. I've I've started talking now with with coaches because um, a lot of coaches uh, ha- have individual conversations with with uh, people that they're working with, um, and in coaching, it's your role not to guide the client so if if the person comes to the conversation it's not for you to say let's talk about leadership today let's talk about management today let's talk about conflict today it's for that person to bring that to the table so one of the things that I think you can do with the book and I've started talking to many coaches about this is a coach who wants to take somebody through a journey where they want to have conversations with their with their own clients over time is that between the coaching sessions they can take the idea mindset book And they can invite their coachee to do those exercises. So um, the the book is separated into six weeks uh, of exercises. So the first week is is a sort of foundational week where you're looking at things like, what are my natural talents and strengths, get feedback from people that know me at my best, and think about what are my number one priorities that I really want to change in my life. So if the person you're working with has done that work, then the coach can then have a conversation with them and say, you know, what would you like to talk about? Well, I received this feedback from people that know me at my best, and it was different from what I thought they was they were going to say. So I'd like to talk a bit about that. Or I was thinking about what's most important to me, and I, I came up with this idea of legacy, but I want to talk more about what legacy really means to me. And then you have that conversation. then move into step two, which is starting to think about, well what are your visions and what's your vision and what are your goals for the future so what's the process you want to go through to start to you know for example develop yourself with some training or build your network or understand more about this new sector that you want to get into and again you can come back to the the coaching session and bring that to the table so i do think over time that i'd be really interested in training coaches to to use the idea mindset as a tool to support them with with coaching clients and it's something that people like Jay Shetty are super successful in doing you know they they develop their own coaching academies Uh, and it's powerful because coaching is growing hugely as an industry because so many people are recognizing the power of having somebody helping you on your journey
0: yeah you know and a lot of the careers that are now forming were careers that maybe people didn't even think would be careers back you know when we were in college or even when our parents were and exactly exactly and that's a beautiful thing of unlearning and evolving and 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 really understanding that the world is different yeah I've taken
1: my parents on quite a journey because they understood being a doctor and then I said I'm I'm (laughs) leaving medicine I'm going to become a management consultant and you know their first question was what's a management consultant and then they started looking (laughs) up you know there's, there's like a table of the most respected jobs and number one is doctor and dentist and veterinary surgeon and down at the bottom is a state agent real estate agent and uh, management consultant and lawyer um, and they went oh so you're giving up like the most respected profession for the least respected and then <laughs> I was like okay I'm going to do that and, and instead I'm going to pursue a career as a professional board announcer where I can be absolutely sure I will never make literally any money from it oh okay that's interesting and now I've said I'm going to be an executive coach so how does that work well I meet with somebody I don't give them any information and they pay me lots of money for my, for my time. And, and what do you do in that session? Well, I, I ask questions. Mm. And, and, you know, so I've taken them from a place where they completely understood what I was going to do as a career. And now it's, it's becoming more and more nebulous quite
0: how, how I pay the bills. But, but that's the beauty of what, of what I, I love that you're helping people unlock. And uh, I think it's going to be great. I, I got your book. It's, a, I, I go through uh at least 100 books a year so it's on my list wow. it's, it's on my you know library if you look behind me have a bunch of books but i i'm just a complete devourer of knowledge just because i feel like i have a lot to learn but your book is on the list to, to read so i always want to make sure that we support authors because it, the landscape of that has changed as well you know mm-hmm. the That's book right. That's publishing right. industry isn't what it was when you know mm-hmm. before, yeah, so. this,
1: this is a book that i i self-published um ah, so, see? Um, so i didn't I, know that. You know, now with, now with the world of freelancers and entrepreneurs, um, I, I wanted <laughs> my vision was I want a book that looks like a HarperCollins or a Penguin or Random House title, but I self-published it. So I found all these people who used to work in the big publishing houses, but yeah. are now entrepreneurs. And so you've got that drive and passion of people who are doing it just because they want to be doing it but they bring the expertise and the skills and the quality of working for those big publishing houses um so that's that's been its own journey um and we've had a whole team it's been a really exciting uh journey that i've been on in the last year and it means that the book you're holding is exactly what i wanted to, it to be because i've been able to have you know hands on the paper we've used the exact cover design the you know the, the fonts we've used every detail i've been able to say what I think it needs to be to make the biggest difference to the person reading, that's what it can be. Um, so I'm, I'm yeah. so pleased with the outcome, um, and I, I, I really hope you enjoy the journey
0: on it. No, I'm sure I will. And the thing that I noticed is you also have an audiobook, which is an, another way for people to to consume information. But you did mm-hmm. that by yourself as well. You didn't have to go through. Well, so
1: so so working. So I've, I have a, a a publishing house in the UK uh-huh. that is, works with with self published authors. Um, so I they set me up with the recording studio. And um, the guy in the recording studio said, you know, when they say last week we had this person in. Well, they'd recorded The Lord of the Rings with Andy Serkis <laughs> um, sitting in my chair. And I was like, oh, there's no pressure there. Um, but yeah, so I recorded the audio book and I actually recorded it with one of my coaching clients. So some, I coach uh, Marietta Melrose. She's an actress and producer in, in Hollywood. And she's in Atypical. Uh, on, on Netflix. Oh,
0: yeah. Atypical is a great show. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. So, so she's one of the roles in, in Atypical and yeah. uh, every in the book there are these moments where I say you know this is what your inner voice might be saying to you right now and when it comes through it's inner voice it's her voice uh, voicing that so we had one of those things where it's like me in a studio in the UK and her in a studio in LA and then they spliced it all together so I'm, I'm really I'm really excited about the audiobook and I've got some really great feedback from it so many people you know you know they listen in the car they listen when they're doing doing the cooking whatever um and and I wasn't sure whether it was going to work, actually. And I think it's worked really well. Um, and a lot of people have said it's so nice to hear the author narrating their own book. Um, so I had to get over the idea that I was going to be doing that. But it was a great experience. And, and it's, it's, it's been good. I'm
0: so glad you did. Well, well, that leads nicely into where people can find it. Where can people find it? Where can people connect? Yeah.
1: So so, so I'm on uh, on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram as Gary Crotez. Uh, I'm on Gary Crotez.com. Um, And the book is available um, in the UK, the US, different markets uh, on Amazon, it's at Barnes & Noble online, Um, it's at Waterstones in the UK, so all major retailers should be offering it, Um, and it's available in physical, ebook and audiobook formats, and in both the ebook and the audiobook there's some bonus content that isn't available in the physical book. Um, And one of the things that's quite interesting in the audiobook actually, is the bonus content is a bonus chapter where Because Marietta, my my client, went through this journey herself, I got her to talk about her own experience of going through that journey and how it impacted her mindset. So I think that's a really interesting thing for people to listen to, to hear the impact of going on that journey and doing that work.
0: You know, it's so interesting. I just I just went on your uh, on your Instagram and uh, I was like, that Marietta name sounds so familiar outside of my familiarity with the show. I just realized I, I I had just gotten a follow from her recently and then I followed mm-hmm. her back. And as, as I was following you, I was like, oh, yeah, and
1: this is incredible. what
0: happened because I saw the atypical and I was like, why is atypical still staying in my head? I know yeah. I saw that. So um, thank you for <laughs> somehow being connected to someone that we have a mutual connection here. But we'll make sure all these are in, in the show notes and everyone please, I hope you internalize everything that Gary is saying here, just not only from his lived experience, but just how you can unpack the, the power of just your, your ability to transform yourself and transform the environment around you. So, thank, you so thank you so much for inviting me on the show. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Likewise. Well, I can't let you go without this last final question. And it's, it's the mission okay. statement. So my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So how do you, Gary,
1: use your difference to make a difference? I think it comes back to your natural talents and strengths. So I recognize that I'm, I'm actually a very different coach from a lot of coaches, and I'm a coach where I'm a natural maximizer. So mm. it's about helping people who are good at what they do become exceptional. Um, and so I focus in on working with the right kind of people where they've really got these super ambitious goals and helping them to achieve their dreams.
0: That's brilliant. There you have Dr. Gary Crotez. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Tara. But Ah, pleasure's mine. Book will be in the show notes. Please get your copy. And make sure if you want to be certified, you can also check out his, his website and we'll put that in the show notes as well. But Kings, Queens, and Royalty, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the ass told by nomads podcast for more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference head over to www.tayoroxon.com